Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness-related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook-friendly, the latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport, plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission, and here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Time Trial. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wenting's, and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Time Trial. And we're also brought to you by TriChoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With summer here, it's time to take that training outdoors into the real world. And heck, there's even some honest-to-goodness racing going on. So whether you're preparing for a late-season triathlon, one of those cool gravel fondos, maybe a fall half-marathon, TriJoy can help. We can help maximize your training time with structured and motivating sessions, and we offer our ears and time to hear your concerns and help you along the way. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. On the Zoom line from Hamilton, Ontario, the editor and pretty much everything else at Triathlon Magazine Canada, welcome back to Fitzbeak, Kevin McKinnon. Hey, Kevin, great to uh, chat with you. And I would uh, certainly say I am not everything else at Triathlon Magazine Canada. I have uh, lots of help on that front, including uh, all, you know, all of your great writing that, uh, that you do for the issue. So uh, thanks for all of that. I really su- liked your top rivalries piece. Oh, in, uh, <laughs> there it is. You? Yes. Lots of, lots of interesting stuff happening in the world of multi-sport over the past couple of weeks, and we're going to touch on a few of the things. Um, boy, oh boy, what's it like in the McKinnon household as we're trying to emerge from this pandemic? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a rough go, as, as I, I think... Uh, I told you before, my wife is a public health nurse, so I get a daily reminder of how uh, how much I can't really whine about uh, anything. Because, uh, yeah, consider, you know, yeah, sure, things have been tough for us in, in this industry, but um, it is nothing compared to what uh, folks like my wife and all the frontline workers and the healthcare providers and all those people are going through through all of this. So. Um, things are definitely easing off in terms of the uh, stress uh, levels. Um, the uh, the third wave was really tough for uh, you know for my wife and all of her coworkers. Yeah. And, and um, but uh, you you can really sense that uh, the stress levels are are backing off a bit. So mm. uh, which is fantastic. And uh, today things opened up a lot here in Ontario in terms of uh, patios are open. We can have. Um, uh, groups or gatherings outdoors of up to 10 people so that means we can uh, get our training group uh, off and rolling a bit more and um, yeah so so things are opening up a touch um, but uh, every time we sort of feel like yay we're on on our on a great track yeah. um, the reality comes from the the meetings upstairs mm-hmm. and and uh, you know this delta vi- variant is 
is really scaring uh, the folks in the uh, in the medical community. And so, you know, my wife is really cautioning that um, we we are not out of the woods yet, and and won't be until at least seventy five percent of uh, of the Canadian population is fully vaccinated. Fully, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's the that's going to be the big thing. So, um, yeah, so. I, I fear that I'm not uh, I'm not the, the uh, coming through with this uh, boundless enthusiasm. Mm, yeah, uh, we're we're in for yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a tough go. And um, you know the funniest thing for me, I have no idea if you were planning on talking about this, but I'm gonna just as sure. usual take over and keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know the crew from uh, from Alberta. Um, yes, yeah, so the guys called me or the race director. Uh, for the Great White North Triathlon right. called me up. Um, and uh, I just loved the way he phrased it. You know, it was sort of like, we're done with COVID at the end of June. And that's it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure if that's quite the way to phrase it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, for them, uh, it's full steam ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're looking at that. I feel like that race is July 4th. Um, and then uh, beginning of August, they've got uh, 70.3 Calgary right. set and ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting, uh, you know, for sure, that, we, we're, that we're starting to see some of that. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of our local race directors, uh, Paul Regensburg, over in Victoria, and he's taken the reins of the newly branded half Ironman race, um, which they're simply calling the Victoria Half. And he's still, I mean, that race is scheduled for, I believe it is the second weekend in July. Uh, I talked to him on email last week and he's still sitting on his hands. So, uh, and in British Columbia, things things are pretty good. Of course, we have to be cautious like, like the rest of the country, but uh, he's not all guns blazing like those cowboys in Alberta, I guess. <laughs> no, and and well, and I sort of got the impression that the BC government, and you would obviously know way better than I, but um, I got the impression the BC government was uh, you know pretty hesitant about um, large gatherings until sort of the end of end of August, which is yeah. you know why uh, Penticton, um, I think, great move. Uh, to move that date a month later, um, you know, much more realistic mm-hmm. based on what I've seen anyway of the, uh, you know, sort of the realities of, of you know, events and, and where things are at in BC right now. Yeah, so things, I mean, with the announcement, it's uh, lays to rest any apprehension. You're either committed to doing the race in uh a new time of the year. I mean, one month later, things can change. Uh, I mean, things can change at the best of times on that race course with the elevation and whatnot. But at the end of uh, end of September, it should be interesting. I mean, it could be hot. It could be kind of frigid. People locally, at least, are talking about the water temperature. What's it like? And the folks, uh, including uh, Jonathan Caron, a local coach there in Penticton, saying it could be anything. It, you know, I mean, that lake can turn over in 10 or 12 hours uh, a substantial amount of degrees so basically the message is from the local folks be ready for anything kind of like what whistler was back in 2015 when people turned into popsicles on the bicycle and then it was kind of like a, a normal run that year yeah uh well and, and but i think isn't that just uh, like so apropos for what we've gone through over yeah. the last uh, 14 15 months you yeah. know literally 
And and I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was Olympic qualifying. Can yeah. you imagine what it's like to be a, an athlete trying to qualify and or trying to get ready even for the the Tokyo Games? Like I, I can't even begin to imagine what those guys have gone through. Yeah. Um. With that with that whole process. So yeah, you know, hey, hey like. If it was easy, it would be mm. hockey, right? So, <laughs> and this is why we're triathletes, and, and we're supposed to be able to uh, to uh, you know deal with with all of these challenges. I'm going to get in trouble for that one, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was joking. <laughs> I, I understand there is still some hockey being played in this country and down in the United States. I think Las Vegas is on another tear, but uh, this is this is a triathlon show, and we'll leave the hockey talk to the guys on Sports Network Radio. Um, getting back into, you know, are people swimming in pools in Ontario right now, or is that still off? So, um, so as of today, um, outdoor pools are supposed to start opening here in Hamilton mm. they're not planning on opening any of the outdoor pools until uh, June 28th and I have no idea I do not know what's going on uh, in terms of uh, other outdoor pool pools uh, around the province at this point um, I know you know a lot of folks are are hitting the lakes yeah um, so myself and one of the athletes I'm coaching um, uh, are getting ready for a big endurance uh, fundraising event that we're doing in August. Um, we got a 550 kilometer, I think it is, bike ride up Whoa. to uh, Sudbury. Wow! And then an 11.8 kilometer swim across uh, across uh, a lake just outside of uh, Wanapate is what the lake is called, mm. just outside of Sudbury. And um, so uh, we've been swimming since the beginning of May. Right on. The, uh, yep. in the lakes around here, and then over the last three weeks we've been in Lake Ontario so um, which has been cold <laughs> we've had a few days um, I got out of the water one day and um, everything you know we've got hoods and yeah. boots and and gloves and all that stuff but uh, your face gets really cold and my teeth I like oh, really? I, I got out of the water and I, I said to the guys I feel like I'm at the dentist and mm. they've just frozen all of my teeth it was kind of a crazy feeling yeah so the only thing um, so can... yeah anyway but mm. we're we're getting to a little bit more warmth and uh, you know the athletes I'm coaching i'm sort of saying over the next week or two we're heading for lakes folks yeah. like not going to bank on the pools and uh, just you know sort of get in and do what we can yeah and speaking of lakes there's lake placid any word on the status of that race for this year um i believe we talked about that i think um there's uh yeah so lake placid um the city uh the city the town council mm. basically um had rescheduled uh oh sorry they uh what did they do with that one um yeah so they're looking at putting on the event mm. um they're reducing the capacity by i think it was about 20 percent um yeah we covered this on triathlon magazine canada mm. a little while back and i apologize i should have memorized this better wow i'll memorize uh, <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so they're reducing the field by about 20%, which uh, would at least just all the Canadians who aren't going to be able to get down there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they were also talking about uh, vaccination being a requirement. Mm, um, yeah. So, uh, so that was the latest that we heard on uh, Lake Placid. 
And uh, let's see, you. I think you also talked about uh, Iron Man Montremblant. We're yeah. wondering about Iron Man Montremblant. Uh, they have moved the 70.3 date for Montremblant to September. But there has been no word on the Iron Man at this point in terms of it changing date. Mm-hmm. So, um, so at this point, from everything that we've seen, uh, you know, tentatively Iron Man the full distance at the end of August. But um, it, it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. that that uh, pans out. Yeah, and a lot of the opportunistic Canadians are thinking, "Gee, this might be the year of a cool." Uh, a- Kona qualifying spot. Um, of course, what Ironman and Penticton has done in some of the races, they've offered folks who haven't been able to get into the pool or into the lakes or into the ocean, wherever it is they're doing their swimming, uh, the option of just doing the cycling and then the run is kind of a safety or tip of the hat to the, the conditions. Now those, I don't believe, were up for uh, Kona spots, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they, they tackle that. I mean, with a smaller field in Penticton, um, it could be the year for some people to, to finally punch their ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that it's going to be... Um a whole lot easier now i haven't heard anything about the uh, bike run option for penticton uh certainly for calgary 70.3 that's in place yeah um iron man has been i don't it, it seems like they've been a little more resistant to putting that rule in place in north america mm. uh that is uh that rule is in effect or that that opportunity is in effect um, at all of the Ironman events in Europe this summer. Mm. Uh, so they, uh, the, the folks over at Ironman in Europe uh, were quick to put that in place, which made sense because, you know, they had a lot of events coming up in June and uh, a lot more opportunity and people just, you know, hadn't had the opportunity to swim. And mm-hmm. so it uh, kind of made sense on that front. Uh, but uh, certainly that has not been an option for uh, the events that we've seen happen in the United States so far. Mm-hmm. So... Um, now, in terms of qualifying, <laughs> the place you wanted to be was uh, Australia, man. Like, uh, that was crazy. So I think uh, Karen's last year, and again, um, up on, it, it would be a, a, you know totally accurate up on the site. Um, but I believe it was 199 age group finishers yeah. at the event that they held last September. Um, and 75 Kona slots. So mm, not um, bad, not so a bad ratio there. Much better in one and three. Yes, uh, yes, for that one. Now they've got. Um, I feel like they have 150 slots, um, or had 150 slots at the Cairns event, uh, and that race had a little over 1,500 last year. So one in ten, which is you know pretty high, yeah. pretty high. Certainly, you know, we don't see those sorts of numbers in mm-hmm. North America very often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, bottom line for Kona, I don't think it's ever going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, every now and again, you get one of those sort of crazy events. You know, one year, uh, the year that they had um, the court issues, uh, court case with uh, Ironman Malaysia, you know, there were... I think it ended up being 36 finishers and 24 Kona slots uh, or 30 Kona slots. So wow. that was one of those years where uh, if you could just get yourself across the line, you got yourself to Kona. But uh-huh. uh, those days are very long gone. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, koala, uh, koala, my mind is in Australia now. I'm thinking of koala bears. But speaking of Kona, some folks who, who don't have to worry about qualifying, um, some great performances 
in the 70.3 realm over in St. George, Utah. Uh, Lionel Sanders and his battle with Sam Long. Did you have a chance to see any of the highlights of that race? That was, uh, as we'd say out west, a barn burner of a finish. Yes, I did. Uh, I did watch that one, and uh, yeah, really exciting stuff. Uh, what a performance uh, from both of those guys, Sam Long and and Lionel. Um, not that there was any doubt uh, about uh, Lionel uh, being ready to dig deep and mm -hmm, yeah. uh, do whatever it takes to win. You know, I've seen him do it. Uh, you know, I've, I've announced at all of the championship events in Samarin and uh, saw him. Um, you know, in similar type. Uh, stride for stride battles on the run with Sebastian Keenle and yeah. um, you know yeah it, it, you don't want to if 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 a race win is up for grabs um, you don't want to have Lionel Sanders next to you with mm. uh, one or two or three or even 5k to go you know mm. like he, he's not um, he's not handing that one to you and mm. um, you're, you're pretty much going to have to leave a lung on the side of the road to uh, mm to be able to take that win and yeah so but uh kudos to to sam long you know yeah, just yeah. standing up there and going for it mm -hmm. it was uh, it was pretty amazing yeah and at tulsa i mean it wasn't sam long's uh, coronation of the as the new king of long course he had some challengers there i think he was in the top 10 that was kind of a euro fest there at Great performance, and of course at Tulsa, uh, two-time winner Patrick Longa announced that he was back in triathlon in, in a big way. Uh, Cody Beals announced that he was cursed. Uh, any comments from that race? Well, uh, yeah, Patrick, what a what a great day for, for Patrick. And um, yeah, very interesting to, uh, for me, what I, I was really focused on was the bike ride, uh, Patrick's bike ride there. So... So what year Patrick won uh, for the first time, 2017, 2018. So after he won in 2017, he won Kona. Um, there was a big sort of showdown um, between he and Jan Frodeno in Frankfurt um, uh, the following year. And um, I was on the uh, on a motorcycle covering the race that year, you mm -hmm. know, taking photos and everything, and spent a lot of time kind of in and around that lead group. Cool. And um, it was hilarious to sort of see Jan just goading Patrick on, you know, oh, really? at one point, sort of, um, sort of, you know, throwing the gaunt like, you know. I don't know. It's just the, the body language and everything. And uh -huh. so at, at one point, Patrick just went to the front. It was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can show you that I can, I can bike really hard and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And, um, you know, Jan was loving it. He just kept the pace up on that bike. And, yeah. you know, um, I think before the race and after the race, he had, you know, Jan had kind of said, Hey, you know, Patrick's amazing runner and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but let's see, see what he can do after he bikes with the big boys. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, Jan just shredded him. Like, you know, <laughs> poor Patrick was hanging on for dear life on that run. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the statement that Patrick wanted to, yeah. uh, wanted to make in Tulsa. It was, Hey, I, I got the biking chops to be able to push hard here. He was the one who kept the tempo moving um, out on that bike course in Tulsa and then just right to the front on the run yeah. and, you know, just made made it abundantly clear that mm. there was no doubts that, that he had it uh, in terms of swimming, biking, and running, yeah. um, which is... 
you know, hey, if if you want to compete with Jan Frodeno yeah. and Kona, mm-hmm. you, you got to be amongst the leaders uh, in the swim. You got to be amongst the leaders on the bike, and then you got to be uh, the fastest out there on the run. Like there, there's no, um, there's no uh, weak points or or whatever. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, big big statement from uh, from Patrick there. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I don't know if you're planning on or going to ask me about Daniela Reef. Like that was a really uh, interesting. You know, a lot of questions came out um, after that one with with Daniela. Um, you know, and and just uh, you know, obviously showed how tough she is. Yes, like she yeah. she gutted that one out, and uh, no no two ways around that. But. Um, uh, you know, just you know, with her moving away from uh, from Brett Sutton as her coach, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the the different I don't know the different focuses. She's back at school, all yeah. that stuff. Um, like that wasn't a Daniela Reef that we have we have seen. Like I've seen her have two poor performances since whatever it was, 2014. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I put poor, like, you know, one was, I think, fourth at the Worlds and mm. one was, uh, I think, seventh at the Worlds. Uh, you know, when, um, and one was just a bad day and one was because she was really sick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just not used to seeing Daniela Reef not dominate. Yes, yeah. Um, now, the, th- the thing is, it's May, and uh, super early, she's coming mm-hmm. off her performance. You know, we didn't talk about her in St. George. That was yeah. otherworldly, right? So, you know, uh, she was obviously super ready for a 70.3, mm-hmm. maybe just didn't have all of the stuff together for an Ironman. So, yeah. pretty uh, interesting stuff anyway. Yeah, and then, of course, Cody Beals with, what was it, two flats or three flats? I mean, he's been itching oh. to race ever since, you know, Kona a couple of years ago, which was his debut and which was not the race that he wanted to have. But in in Cody Beals' fashion, he took some lessons, started thinking about it, started obsessing about it, and uh, wanted to come back in a big way. But that wasn't the case. Yeah, you know, just really tough day. I I, I couldn't for I, I assume that there was some sort of mechanical because he was moving up and then just disappeared um, in the standings and then was way back for for a long way. Um, so yeah, double flat. Um, yeah, you know, not a whole lot you can do in 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 that scenario. And uh, so he um, uh, chose to um, use it as a swim bike training day, yeah. and then he'll be in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. So, so this will, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, tough day, obviously, but when you're a pro, mm. this is what happens. And, and uh, you know, the, the sign of a great athlete is not um, how they react and what they do after big wins. Uh, the sign of a great athlete is what they do when stuff gets thrown at them, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, you saw that with Patrick Patrick Langa, mm. um, you know, in Tulsa there. Saw that with Jan Frodeno, you know, two years in Kona, the sore back, yeah. and then, you know, I uh, had to, you know, I, I, I walked over to him. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, in uh, 2018, I guess it was, uh, you know, he was, he was on... Uh, the pay and save hill as as they were going up and there was not a breath of wind um on that day and i, mm-hmm. I said to him like how painful is this mm-hmm. for you because <laughs> you know, that was the day he could have just put that course record into a whole nother stratosphere um so but you know look what he did the following year so yeah. 
you know, great athletes figure that out. Mm. And uh, Cody is certainly, you know, if, if you had a chance to watch him race those Montreal Law events, like he's one heck of a performer. Mm. So a uh, great athlete, uh, great guy. And so I'm confident that uh, he'll be back for a good one in um, in Coeur d'Alene. And I understand Lionel Sanders is not picking up the tab for Cody Beals like he was going to do for uh, <laughs> for Yann. Uh, yeah, my guess is, uh, my guess, I haven't, uh, and I don't know that anyone was asking him about that one, but mm -hmm. yeah, my guess is that uh, that is not in the cards. Yeah. Um, and uh, interesting that Jan has chosen not to re not to reply to to that little mm, yeah. uh, that little one from <laughs> Lionel. So tough for Cody, but uh, speaking of cursed Canadians, let's go to uh, as we get closer to the Olympics happening in Japan this summer. We think. Assuming it's going to go ahead, one of our female athletes, uh, Joanna Brown, ran into some weird bad luck. Can you tell us about that? Um, oh my goodness! How much time do we have? Uh, so, Ninety seconds. You know, no, no, no. I think we, I think we used that um, uh, part of one of her quotes as the as the headline in the story, and it was like, uh, "It's to, it's safe to say that nothing has gone according to plan on this trip." So. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she made her return to racing. She um, she hadn't done a WTS event since the fall of 2019. Mm. Um, she was down in Noosa um, last February, um, but ended up just doing one of the one of like the non drafting race. She didn't end up in the World Cup event there. So um, it had been a long stretch for her uh, when she arrived in Yokohama since she had done a, a draft legal race. Um, while she was warming up for that event, she was uh, doing some practice dives mm -hmm. um, next to, I think it was Kirsten Casper, and uh, inadvertently uh, Kirsten's arm went back and you know sort of hit her, and uh, she ended up with a broken nose. Oh. Um, and saw a doctor there, I believe it was uh, one of the doctors from the UK team, um, who checked her out because uh, Canada didn't have medical staff at, at that event. And, uh, you know, this guy, it sounded like uh, was one of these folks who had been covering rugby for years and uh -huh. years and was like, yep, that's a broken nose. Seen that lots of times, you know, give you the all clear to compete in the event. So uh, she did that, ended up 13th, um, you know, not a phenomenal race for yeah. her, uh, but certainly a solid performance in uh, in that field. Um, and considering she had a broken yeah. nose, yeah. Um, and then uh, flew to uh, she flew to um, Lisbon, uh, Portugal, because she was uh, planning on uh, being part of Canada's mixed team relay. Yeah, um, and uh, so uh, there was an Olympic mixed team relay qualifying event. The top three countries would get an automatic berth in uh, at the Olympics in Tokyo, and that would have guaranteed Canada two men and two women um, so she um, you know she was planning on racing that uh, arrived in um, in Lisbon and uh, had some uh, issues had back issues ended up at the hospital yeah. um, and uh, anyway you know, it, it took a few days but they eventually figured out that she had a kidney infection yes um, and uh, ended up in the hospital uh, for um, 
almost a week, I think it was, IV antibiotics. In the midst of all of that, uh, she had a positive COVID test that ended up being a false positive. Oh. So at one point, they weren't going to let her leave Portugal for 14 days. And uh, uh, her friends ended up having to do a fundraiser. Yeah. So she could was this one pay of these her, online uh, pay for her ticket yeah. to get home. So wow. um, it was just uh, quite the ordeal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the last I heard, she was uh, feeling night and day better. She yeah. was back down in the States training again. Mm -hmm. I don't know that she'll be racing again before Tokyo. But um, anyway, she's she's back training okay. and uh, mm -hmm. healthy and, and all that stuff. And um, based on the qualifying uh, criteria or the uh, um, Triathlon Canada selection criteria, she's pretty much guaranteed a spot mm -hmm. um on the team so uh so that that's good so she can you know she has that uh, ability to you know miss out on the racing tomorrow okay. down in what what tolco what um Mexico, and yeah. uh be able to uh, uh just get herself ready for tokyo yeah. healthy and ready um speaking of the the rest of canada's olympic team so there's brown on the female side um Tyler on the men's side, I'm assuming? Yeah, so Tyler, uh, they revamped the qualifying criteria um, and um, basically put in effect um, that uh, Tyler's uh, win at the uh, Tokyo Test event in right. 2019 and Joanna's um, uh, bronze medal performance at WTS uh, Bermuda were you know, sort of kind of guarantee them uh, spots um, on the team. So then um, Canada has qualified a second man's, men's spot um, through uh, Matthew Sharp's uh, standings, mm -hmm. uh, ITU, uh, or, yeah, sorry, it's not ITU anymore, World Triathlon standings. Yes. Um, and so, I, so we've got two men. Um, whether or not that ends up being Matt Sharp um, is uh, you know up to triathlon Canada right. and, and they, um, so uh, he um, and that was in part how we ended up with you know not sending our our uh, nor what would normally be our top team top relay team to Lisbon uh, because uh, Matt and Alexi Lapage um, were in the position where they were vying for an Olympic spot in the individual race and mm -hmm. uh, had to kind of make that the priority so. Yeah. Those two are, it would appear, are in the running. I, you know, there's not really anyone else, uh, unless somebody, I you know, basically won uh, the race this weekend. It's hard to imagine that anyone else would get high enough in the standing. So, <clears throat> uh, the, you, so the spots go to the country, and so the country actually gets to name the individual. So it doesn't go, you know, even though uh, you know person. Tyler's ranked yeah. seventh, mm. seventh in the Olympic standings right now, um, uh, it's that's not automatic mm. uh, that he would be the person to go. But um, but the one uh, the one thing that the I, the World Triathlon mm. does stipulate is that the athlete must be in the top one hundred and forty of the standings. Mm. Um, so right now we have three Canadian men who are, are sitting in the top uh, 140, and uh, so that you know it's those three guys basically. Um, you've got Tyler, Matt, and Alexi. Um, on the women's side, 
uh, because we chose not or because we ended up not getting that spot, uh, that automatic relay spot, uh, that put Emily Kretz in a very sort of tenuous position uh, to try and uh, get herself back. So she went to the Olympics in 2016. She qualified for the uh, 2016 Olympics in Rio at the last possible oh. qualifying event. Uh, so she qualified uh, with an eighth, eighth place finish in Yokohama uh-huh. uh, in 2016. I think it was like May 8th or May 10th or something of yeah. 2016. Um, and so, you know, uh, of course, if you if you can handle that kind of pressure, yeah. then um, you can do it all again. <laughs> and so that's exactly what Emily did. And uh, so uh, I know she uh, was frustrated over how the how things turned out with the relay, but. Mm. She turned that frustration into a great race and ended up sixth in Lisbon, mm-hmm. um, and that moved her up enough, high enough in the standings. So, right now she sits at fifty third out of the fifty five wow. uh, folks um, for the for the games in Tokyo. So there are a couple, there there are a few people who could still bounce ahead of her and so i was actually just uh sort of checking in with one of the coaches um one of the canadian coaches and i didn't even realize all of the permutations and oh, combinations yeah. combinations those guys are, are are looking through so um so there's a few different ways that uh that she could be bumped out of that mm. um so, uh, but you know, crossing our fingers yeah. uh, that uh, she either has you know a great race or um, none of the other folks are able to bump her down. Right. Um, then uh, she will have secured Canada a second women's spot, yeah. which will also mean that we'll get to compete in the mixed team relay. Yeah. Which is uh, which is really exciting. Then the question is, um, who who could be eligible uh, if they ch- if Triathlon Canada chose not to send Emily. And right now, the only two women, uh, when I looked at the standings um, yesterday, it seems to me that you've got Emmy Legault, I think she's at 149th. Domi, Dominika Jamnicki is at 142nd. Uh, in the in the uh, current World Triathlon Olympic standings, so those two with a great race uh, tomorrow in Mexico could potentially move themselves mm-hmm. up. You, you sort of I, I understand that you know there's there's all of the dynamics with it and everything, but you just kind of go, come on, <laughs> Emily Kretz has you know traveled all over the world for the last little bit, you know. Um, so she she did Yokohama, yeah. she went to Lisbon. Um, then she stayed over in Europe uh, for one week. She didn't do the um, the race, uh, the World Cup event in uh, Arzacena uh, in Italy. Italy yeah. uh, but then she did do Leeds um, and uh, is now uh, getting herself ready to go in Mexico. Um, so, you know, that, yes. <laughs> one would hope mm. that after all of that, um, she would end up uh, at the Tokyo Games. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll cross our fingers yes. for her anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of things happening on the British side, but seeing as this is a Canadian podcast and we're Canadians, we're going to leave the... the uh, <laughs> oh, come good, on, good... you don't want to go into Jonna or uh, Alistair, Alistair Brownlee? Alistair's uh, parade lap? Boy, uh, did you want to talk about... They call it... Well, was a ducking you you're, you you've got a brit background uh, of sorts a scotsman but is ducking uh, something actually uh, believe it or not irish my dad irish. Uh, my dad's 
my dad's father was Scottish, uh, and then my father was uh, Irish, and sort of crazy background. But yeah, um, yeah, no, that was that was very uh, very strange, and I I still don't know a whole lot about that. Certainly, when you look at the video, it, it looked very intentional. Uh, you know, Alistair, it looks like he sort of reaches over yeah, and, and kind of going out of his way to. I'm going to take him at his at his word that you know, hey, you know, there was just the bedlam of the mm-hmm. of the group, and um, it was interesting. Johnny said because um, I thought that swim was fast, but uh, Johnny Brownlee uh, was kind of noting, yeah, no, that like the the problem was that no one was taking the swim out, and we were all just too bunched together, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was just crazy. So, but you know, I, I think in the end. Uh, you know, obviously, Alistair Brownlee, that injury, you know, there's something pretty major wrong yeah, uh, with him. And, you know, I got to see uh, firsthand him pull out of the race uh, in Daytona in mm-hmm. December. Yeah. So you sort of knew, um, you know, it, it's hard to win an Olympics when, when you're struggling uh, the December before yeah. uh, with, uh, with an Achilles or calf injury, right? So um, I, I think it was going to be a, a long stretch um, and whew, Alex, you, what a great yeah, race for I mean, him. they don't need Brownlee to win a gold medal again. I mean, this this fella is just lighting things up on the course with, you know, and the leg speed, you know, it's, it's looking like another uh, possible gold medal for Britain come Tokyo time. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of countries and athletes who would have something to say about that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I think I think it'll be uh, very interesting. Um, yeah, Alex, he had a phenomenal swim. And to me, that's what set up his day um, that he was able to sort of be out of the water right with um, with Christian Blumenfeld, who yeah. I think is going to be. Like everyone's going to have their eyes on him in Tokyo, and um, he's going to be the yeah. he's going to be the man driving that train. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of so I think you know the setting up the scenarios to take that win. Um, I, I a breakaway um, in the swim with a small group of uh, five to eight athletes. Um, to me, is the the strategy a lot of people will be dreaming of trying to put together. Um, to sort of do something to hold off that Blumenfeld train. And mm. he's going to have tons of support. He's got two other Norwegian athletes yeah. uh, to help him keep things moving and, and keep blasting through. The only thing is, you know, has he just exhausted himself too mm. early like, yeah. with all of this, uh, with this crazy racing? And so... And then, yeah, you know, uh, with the Olympics, um, I, I just read that uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, US USA Triathlon will be announcing the Olympic team next Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, one would imagine that it's going to be Taylor Spivey as the third woman they're announcing there. But, um, uh, you know, what a what a tough go for mm-hmm. Katie Zafaris. Yeah. Who's, just done so many things right over the last few years and uh, just cannot buy a break. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, certainly a lot of things happening on our horizon, both in uh, Tokyo and around Canada. So wishing you the best of luck with, uh, with your return to normality there in Ontario and uh, keeping our fingers crossed for the rest of the uh, multi-sport season here across the country. Sounds good. Yes, look forward to uh, hopefully seeing everybody back at races soon. Mm-hmm. 
And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and interior sports podcast. Coming up next time on the show, a twofer for Canada Day. We'll be pounding the pavement and crossing the province to bring you an interview with two of BC's best long course triathletes. Vancouver's Nathan Killam and Penticton's Jen Annett will be our guests. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Time Trial. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Time Trial. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, we are on Facebook. We are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now at FitSpeak on Instagram. Your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program, maybe leave us a comment on the show, or ideas for future programs. For Kevin Watt, Roy Macbeth, and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.